Treasure Podcast. This is actually our first episode where we're talking about time. I'm here today with uh, Vicar Sam. Hello. And uh, my name's Casey, and I do the children's ministry here at Grace Lutheran Church in Winter Haven. Um, I hope we have a great time talking about our time, talent, and treasure. Yeah, it should be a, a good time. Um, we had a good time with the confirmation group uh, when we when we put the time, talent, treasure um, kind of workshop all together and, and uh, had all the confirmands there and we we went around at the church and showed of different ways that they can volunteer and help out um, giving their own um, times and talents mm-hmm. um, it's a little hard for the middle schoolers to give their treasures because <laughs> the <laughs> treasures that they will give are probably their parents own treasures or the two um, cents that they might exactly get. <laughs> uh, but we have many gifted uh, middle schoolers and, and and people at this church who are willing and and wanting to use their their time and their talents to serve and uh, help better the congregation here at, at Grace Lutheran. Yeah. So, uh, Sam, how are ways that we should spend our time? That's a really good question. I mean, that's a that's a that's a <laughs> tough question. What is a good way to spend your time? How, I, how do you <laughs> spend your time? I should ask. Um, well, a lot of my time is, is spent here at church. Um, given that I literally live across the street from the church. So a lot of my time is spent here. Um, this is where I work, um, and this is where I am on the weekends because um, this is where, obviously, church happens and stuff. So, you know, a lot of my days are, are spent here um, doing various different ministry tasks as I uh, prepare and learn how to be a pastor. Because you're not... I know we've kind of talked about this before, you and I, but you're not quite the program that you're going through is almost like a master's program to being a pastor. Yeah, it it, it is pretty much a master's program. Um, it's not where do you f- go? officially a master's degree. I go to Concordia Seminary in St. Louis uh, and a seminary is a school that uh, prepares and teaches people how to become pastors. Uh, that's the main focus of it but concordia in st louis has a a bunch of different other programs they've got doctorate programs they've got master's programs they um, do deaconess and deacon studies so um, many women are are there getting their master's degree or being prepared to become deaconesses to help go and uh, serve out in the church but the main focus of the seminary is to prepare um, people to uh, become pastors and t- they send them out to go into different churches around the United States. That's cool. How did you, so you've kind of dedicated a lot of your time to now becoming a pastor. Yeah. How did you know you wanted to be a pastor? Um, well, I first, um, I felt my calling into ministry when I was, um, heading into my senior year of high school. Um, and before then There was a few times where people had come up to me, like I think my mom in particular before this, um, before I was a senior in high school, had told me, hey, Sam, you you should be a pastor. And I was like, no, (laughs) I absolutely not. I don't want to be a pastor. Those Um, people are boring. (laughs) Yeah. So that was kind of my mindset. I had different ideas of what I wanted to be in high school um, from a teacher to a lawyer, to a doctor, all these other kinds of things, but none of them really felt like the right direction. Um, 
And so we went on this mission trip uh, the summer heading into my senior year of high school. We went on this mission trip to the Bronx, New York. Um, and my youth pastor, uh, he, his buddy from, from seminary that he was roommates with, he has a church in, in Bronx, in the Bronx, New York. And so we went to his church to help them lead a VBS. And um, that was a very foundational experience for, for me um, because while we were there, I mean, it was just so much fun being in a whole other area of the country. By the way, I am from Tacoma, Washington. And so by going to the Bronx, New York, I was literally going to the opposite side of the country, about as, as far away as you can be from, from our hometown. And so it was a total culture shock and everything being there. Um, and so, but while we were ministering and, and leading this VBS, I just really enjoyed um, teaching these kids about Jesus and the love that he has for them. And then about halfway through the trip, probably towards the end, um, one of my friends came up to me and was like, hey, Sam, you should think of being a pastor. And for whatever reason, when they said that, it all clicked for me. Sometimes hearing it from your parents <laughs> doesn't make you want to do exactly. it. But as soon it as a friend says, hey, this is a really cool thing you'd be good at. Yeah. Um, but another thing about that trip that I think helped me, uh, like that God was showing me um, about the pastoral ministry is, when I saw my youth pastor interact with his friend, it's like, man, these guys are just regular people. <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not these these people that, you know, some might put on a pedestal, like a pastor is above, you know, everything else. And, you know, they were just regular people having a good time. And that was really cool for me to see. Yeah, I know a few times I've been around and people talk to me about their pastor, or this pastor. And um, it's always cool going back and seeing how human the mm -hmm. pastors actually are and they're just kind of running through life just like everybody else exactly. they're trying to figure it out yeah. just like everybody else is but okay so we're getting to our time portion so we learned how you are <laughs> becoming a pastor yeah such pastor and um but back when we did this uh lesson or so with the kids we were talking about how um we want to use our time mm -hmm. and how we need to embrace our time and give it back to god mm -hmm. so what, what would you like to talk, tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, when I was presenting this with the kids, I found this cool um, kind of research graphic about what a day in the life of a U.S. teen is like. Um, now, obviously, this isn't going to apply to all of the listeners of this podcast <laughs> because chances are you might not be a teen. Yeah, you might have made it out of teenagehood <laughs> and you're like sailing through. Yeah, um, so you, you obviously have all of this figured out maybe but anyways this graphic it's really interesting it it uh, shows on average how teenagers divide up their their time each day uh it it does it from hours and minutes so this graph says it's 16 minutes devoted to errands 25 minutes volunteering and unpaid care work 26 minutes for paid work 31 minutes for housework 51 minutes for grooming so getting ready in the morning, <laughs> staring at doing yourself your hair. in the mirror. Yep. An hour and five minutes for eating, four and a half hours for education. Um, and broken up in that is one hour of homework, three hours and 32 minutes of class time. Then you got five hours and 45 minutes of leisure. Um, 
this one is really interesting too because you got an hour and 13 for socializing um, an hour and 27 for other leisure whatever that means and then three hours and four minutes on screens for leisure i hate to tell you that my screen time actually is higher than that but and mine is too <laughs> um and then it says sleep for nine hours and 43 minutes now i would go out on a limb and say sleep is probably too high for the average teenager on this graph I, my sister when she was a teenager sorry katie i'm throwing you under the bus here she slept for like 15 hours oh every she, like she was the okay. queen of sleeping when she was a teenager so i think maybe she was the one that kind of ruined this <laughs> <laughs> this average here <laughs> well sure uh, there's definitely outliers i know of people who slept for a very long time too but the reason i say that is is um i assume a lot of teenagers probably have their phones with them in their bedroom and i fall in this to this trap too where you're laying down in bed and you just keep scrolling and yeah. scrolling and uh, scrolling the cool thing about phones nowadays though is like back when i was younger you'd have your phone and while you couldn't do a lot on it you could always play whatever tiny game was on it um but now they have screen time like um like limits limits yeah, yeah. screen time limits so like if you get to like an hour on tiktok I mean, it's cut it's off. off. You're not going any farther unless you ask your parents for more. And it's like they don't do that very often. So that might be a reason like the screen time on here. Yeah, that's true. It's only like, what, three hours and something? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, speaking of that time limit, I actually use that for my own social media accounts. Uh -huh. um, but there's <laughs> there's no password that I, I don't know. <laughs> so I just often expand it for the rest of the day so for me it does absolutely nothing yeah i but. uh i used it for for a while there and then i broke my phone and got a new one and apparently the screen time like limit didn't transfer over oh, yeah. or something so um picasso my now husband um asked me one time like oh how's your screen time doing and i was like oh, i haven't gotten the message that i've gone over for so long i've been so good <laughs> no i wasn't i was like four hours over oh man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, the purpose of this graph was just kind of to have a visual aid in showing the middle schoolers possibly how they spend their time on a day. Um, and so obviously from person to person, it's going to be different. But I think it's a good exercise to, you know, kind of sit down and, and think about how you spend your day, specifically that, that leisure time and uh, how much time you spend on your phone. Um, because I think... It, when we do that, we are often shocked about how much time we actually spend on our phone. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that it's a bad thing. Um, it's a it's a way that people can, you know, relax for a little bit, get their mind off of whatever they're doing. Um, however, when it's done in so much excess, uh, we can look back on that and say, I could have been doing other things much more productive with my time mm -hmm. than just sitting there scrolling on my phone uh, looking at twitter instagram facebook snapchat TikTok, TikTok or whatever yeah that was the one i was trying to think of <laughs> um so i don't know it's a good exercise to do that so i would as um the listeners i would encourage you to uh, maybe take five ten minutes um and just think about it yeah um, if, if you don't know how to get to your screen time on your phone google can help you yeah. but um it, it was very mind-opening when we looked at our screen time through uh the youth group a few at the beginning of this year 
and um, seeing how long our averages were compared to the kids. <laughs> um, I went around and asked some of the teachers how long their averages were. I mean, one teacher only had like something like 27 minutes a week on oh wow yeah on on his phone and i was like how <laughs> did you do that can you please teach us but uh it was still funny most of it was on espn yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantasy football yeah but so but this whole idea of how we spend our time um this is it's kind of a overarching i guess category of how we would then do our time or talents and treasure um talents and treasure both flow out of time and how you how you spend it and so um when we did our our study this was kind of the first topic because it's kind of the thing that is overarching over those other two kind of subcategories you can almost physically see talents by what you're doing Mm -hmm. you can physically see treasures like money or what you're giving yeah but it's a lot harder to physically see the time that you're spending somewhere yep and we've only got 24 hours in a day, um, which really isn't that much time for to By get time you get home, go to work, get home, cook dinner. It's time for bed exactly. already. And it's like, yeah. what did I do? Who's with got my day? time for service? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was just kind of a initial exercise um, to do an initial exercise for the teenagers to show them, you know, what goes on in their day. Mm-hmm. Um, so. After that, then we dove into the Bible. It's always good to dive into Scripture um, to to learn about what God is is t- telling us um, about what He's done for us, but also kind of exhorting us on how we should live our lives and how we should also spend our time. And so, for for the the, the time um, portion, I chose to look at. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. In Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So um, I chose I chose this uh, passage to talk about time because um, in two verses, Paul pretty clearly kind of explains the flow of things or where we as humanity kind of live in relation to God and also relation to others. So um, the very first thing that Paul states in this passage um, is by the mercies of God. Uh, and that is very, very key to understanding Paul's thought and um, kind of how he appeals to uh, everything else that he talks about later on in, in Romans chapter 12. Um, so for Paul, he, what he's saying here is everything flows out of, from, out of the mercies of God. Um, and if one, if, if we were to lose aspect of that, if, if we l- were to lose um, that foundational truth that by the mercies of God, we are then able to do X, Y, and Z, um, what can happen is when we are told to do good things, when we are told to be a living sacrifice, as we'll talk about in a little bit, um, those statements, those um, exhortations can become very legalistic 
Um, so you must do this. You must do that to now, you know, earn mercies of God. But it's so essential how Paul begins this from the mercies of God um, that then lead us then to go out and be living sacrifices into the world. And so it's interesting when after this, he gives us things to do, but he's not saying you absolutely have to be doing this. This is exactly what you need to be doing. You need to be fulfilling this to the T. Um, because there's nothing that we can actually Right. Do there's nothing we, we can actually do to earn these mercies of yeah. God. They're freely given to us um, through Jesus Christ and the, his life, death and resurrection. Um, and so because of that, now Paul says, because you have received these mercies of God, I am now urging you. Um, I'm exhorting you that from these mercies. Now go out and do this. Um, it's not essential, but this is the proper response. And so. What does Paul say that we should do? He says, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Now can I ask? Yeah, now you can ask yes, the question. Yes, okay. So, Vicar Sam, what is a living sacrifice? That is a great question. Um, but before we answer that question, <laughs> I think we should talk about what a sacrifice okay. is. Okay. Um, place this. Place this in the context of how people would have interpreted it. Okay. So I know a sacrifice back in the day, like if I was to make a sacrifice now, it'd be like giving up dessert instead of for after dinner. But like <laughs> right. a sacrifice back in the day was more like, um, they take an animal to an altar and dedicate it to the Lord. Right. right. Yeah. So they would bring, they would bring, um, you know, their, their, their sacrifice, their, their offerings to a priest, um, who would then take those on account of the people who offered it up and sacrifice it. Um, and that would atone in God's eyes that would forgive them of their sins. Um, and it was a re re recurring thing that they would do. So in um, the Bible, when Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple after he's born, they also bring with them, I think it's two doves or yep, something. Yep, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's they right. do. Um, so they, they had almost like a, like these doves are worth this much, much versus like a whole sheep would be worth this mm -hmm. much. Right. Yeah. And uh, there were different rules, um, based on social status. Okay. Um, I don't want to say too much because I could yeah. possibly be wrong about <laughs> like how I'm saying this, but we can Google it um, later. It's okay. Yeah. So there was different kind of tiers. So like Mary and Joseph were really poor, so they couldn't afford you know the the proper sacrifice which would have been a lamb mm -hmm. um and so there were stipulations in place where you know depending on your social status you could do two two doves two pigeons um because you can afford the the full-on lamb okay um now i don't know if there was a difference in like i guess time of how long that mm -hmm. sacrifice would last that's something i would need to look up mm -hmm. um so i don't know but the whole the the essence of it is people were bringing animals to sacrifice to atone are you really glad you are a pastor <laughs> in this day and age y yes <laughs> um so please don't bring animals to the altar for uh, us to uh sacrifice because things are different now so at this at this time when, when paul is writing this this is obviously post um christ's resurrection 
Um, and when Christ came, he fulfilled fully the, um, so the whole sacrificial system, all of the laws. He, he was that, the perfect lamb who lived his life perfectly without sin um, and died on the cross for our account and resurrected um, from the dead. Um, and so throughout Christ's ministry, um, he talks about, and he, he's kind of changing the Old, the Old Testament sacrificial system. Um, and so when he dies and when he's resurrected, the Old Testament sacrificial system is no longer um, in place. But now that doesn't mean that there's no more sacrifice, that all sacrifice is ended. It's just different. Right. from what it is and that's this is what paul now is is talking about here in romans romans chapter 12 and so he calls us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice and um i was actually yesterday when i was looking at this i was looking at the greek a little bit mm-hmm. and comparing it to the english translation can you read greek a l- little bit or is that yeah i can re- i can read it yeah that's yeah. cool so the English translation I'm, I'm reading, I read from the English standard version. It says to present yourselves as a living sacrifice. Um, but in the Greek, it actually says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So, I mean, it's just kind of, it, it means the same thing, but It'd I be think more than just like mentally, it means. Right. And, and the word for body, you know, it has an emphasis on the physicality, too, mm-hmm. of this living sacrifice, but it, it really kind of encompasses the whole person. So body, soul, um, and spirit, and mind. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, every it, part of us is to be... It's cool how many times you've looked back on this, like, lesson and seen something different. Like, yeah. every <laughs> time going back and going, oh, wait, now I, yeah. I want to mention this next time we have this talk. Yeah, and... There's there's a lot in this in this passage um, that that could be talked up talked about. I mean, we could go on for hours and hours and hours. Our about. podcast is not that long, though. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully, we uh, have limited time for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so we're Paul is again telling us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. So now we've established what a sacrifice is. We've established that Paul is telling us to present our whole selves. So then, what is a living sacrifice? That's an oxymoronic statement the two things don't really go together because you kill the sacrifice mm-hmm. but yet here we have a living sacrifice mm-hmm. um and so really kind of what paul is is saying here is this is an ongoing process our whole lives S- the sacrificial system is different we're not obviously presenting ourselves as a old testament sacrifice but this is a whole life endeavor um we're supposed to deny ourselves as christ as christ tells us to pick up our cross and to carry it and 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 to follow him so in a way this is kind of that same thing this is a whole lifelong process of being a disciple of christ Um, our whole life is devoted to him and um, to carrying out his mission here on earth does that make sense yeah good job on explaining that that was really good okay so it continues a little bit. There's kind of three adjectives that describe this this living sacrifice. Um, I guess the first one was living. We already talked about that. But then holy and acceptable to God. Um, so those two things I just want to touch on really quick too. So 
um, when we talk about holy, uh, when something is holy, that just means it's set apart, it's sanctified. Um, and through Christ's death and resurrection, he atoned for all of us. And so because of that, through faith in him, through being baptized into Christ's death and resurrection, he wipes away all of our sins and declares us holy. Um, in the first chapter of Romans, Paul even refers to the Christians who are going to be later reading this letter as holy. Hol wow. Yeah, he refers to the Roman Christians as holy. Um, so then we are to regard ourselves as holy and set apart. Um, and also, I'll, I'll make one more note. In Old Testament, when sacrifices were offered up too, those sacrifices were holy. Um, and so we, as people redeemed by Christ, we become that holy sacrifice as well throughout our lives, through devoting um, our times, talents, and treasure um, to God. And so that's the, that's the other adjective. The last adjective that kind of describes the sacrifice is acceptable to God. Um, and what is acceptable to God? Well, that is living our lives how God wants us to, um, living out and walking by faith. Um, and the Old Testament has instances where it's talking about different types of sacrifice um, and how it, it, it would be a pleasing aroma to God. Um, and so from what Christ has done for us um, and by living out our lives, walking in faith according to God's will, what we do when we do good things, um, that's a pleasing aroma to God. Uh, and there's also on the opposite side of that, there's times where sacrifices are made up to God, mm -hmm. but they're not done in faith. And so God rejects those sacrifices. Are they done more? I mean... I don't think I quite understand what you mean by not done in faith. So is it like people wanting things, but not? Yeah, I, I would have to look up, you know, specific passages, but you know, you know not doing it for the proper reasons. Okay. Um, It'd be like, I really want a bike. So I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna go sacrifice this pigeon, this pigeon for a bike. Yeah. Um, and so God would look upon those and not accept those sacrifices because they weren't, done in faith they okay. weren't they weren't done correctly um and then there's a there's a there's a passage too that talks about you know our good works um good works without faith mm -hmm. is dead god likes our good works yeah we just shouldn't hold on to the good works as our way to heaven yes ab absolutely um being this holy this living sacrifice, this life devoted to walking in faith is the proper response to receiving the mercies of God. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to get caught up in saying, oh, you're a Christian, but you don't you don't do any good works or or you should be doing this. You, you need to be doing you need to be, you know, serving your community. You need to be, you know, doing all these other types of good works. Yeah, um, it's when we get too caught up in that, it can put us under the hammer of the law. Um, but that's, that's not at all what Paul is doing here. He's, he's very intentional about this is flowing from the mercies of God. We receive grace th through faith. Um, we receive the spirit and we co-work with the spirit together mm -hmm. to do good works. And, and truly keeping that law and gospel separate from one another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. So, um, I want to say 
any questions, but nobody <laughs> besides you is here to raise their hand or That's ask true. any but questions. That's true, but if you have any questions, you're free to email us at, you can email me, my na- uh, name is Casey, it's cbillman, B-I-L-L-M-A-N, at G-L-W-H dot O-R-G. <laughs> I'll answer any and, questions. And I, I will say, if uh, if I did say anything wrong, I claim vicar status. <laughs> He's not quite <laughs> at not pastor quite level pastor yet. yet. Uh, <laughs> We'll ask Pastor Rich in, in an episode and say, where did he go wrong on yeah, any of this? Exactly. <laughs> Good job, though. I know there's one other thing that you got really excited for when we were teaching the kids um, about this time um, portion of the Time, Talent, Treasure workshop, and that was the two kinds of righteousness. Yes, um, this this teaching of two kinds of righteousness. Um, and going back to kind of my time I'm my time. I'm still technically in seminary. Um, but the <laughs> How much longer do you have? One more year. Woo! I finish up Vicarage in six months about, and then I have one more academic year. Okay. Um, before Vicarage, I was in St. Louis at the school for two years. Um, but during that two years, during my first year, one of the most foundational teachings that I had um, was this teaching of two kinds of righteousness. And... The reason that this was very foundational for me was because it deals with the very exact thing that Paul was talking about. Um, how do we as Christians live and, and, and interact in this world? What is our relationship to God and what is our relationship to each other and, and to, to creation? Yeah, because God gave us creation to take care of. When, right. in, in Genesis, he made all of the heavens. He made all the earth. And then when he made humans, he said, it is good and gave us the power over everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So we have all these different relationships um, between God and between creation. And, and exactly what you said in, in Genesis, like God made man to have dominion over the earth, to care for it, to, to name all the different animals and all of that. But, Plant all the different seeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when Adam and Eve fell into sin those relationships were fractured. They're broken. Um, So they no longer exist in the way that they were originally intended to exist. Um, So this idea, this this teaching of two kinds of righteousness really gets at the core of what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of answers that that question of what is our relationship to God and what is our relationship to everything else. And so I am a very visual learner, and I created this wonderful slide that I'm very, very proud of. Um, I, I know we're new it? to podcasting, but I will try to figure okay. out how to get both the graphic from the <laughs> beginning and this graphic on um, the podcast, okay? Awesome. That would be, that would be <laughs> awesome. So I'm going to try to describe it um, the best way I can, but basically think of two axes. Um, on the vertical line, on the y-axis, at the very top of that, you would have God. And then on the horizontal axis, where those two lines would meet, we have our world. For those um, of you that don't know a lot about math, an upside-down T. <laughs> yeah, an upside-down T. There you go. <laughs> um, so those, those are the two axes. We have God at the top and then the world at the bottom. And at the intersection of those two axes is where we exist. And so now the whole kind of ideas, the driving question um, behind any religion, um, Christianity especially, 
is we know that we live in a fallen and broken world that something is 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 clearly wrong and we are not in a right relationship with whatever being is out there so how do we get into a right relationship with god well as christians god does that for us he does that through the person and work of his of, of his own son jesus christ who he sent down to us died on the cross rose again so that our relationship with god would be restored and so god he sends his son jesus down for us and there is nothing that we can do to earn that righteousness um, jesus lived this entirely perfect life to die entirely perfect death so that we can live eternally with them and that's not yes. a there's no present we can give that's ever going to top that right yeah um very well said. Perfect, perfect life, perfect death. I like that. Thanks. I said it the other day to somebody, and they were like, "I would never call Jesus's death perfect, but it, it is a perfect <laughs> death." Yeah, might use that in a sermon sometime. This vertical um, axis, we would call this relationship, this righteousness that we have with God, which is all done for us. Um, we would call this passive righteousness. Um, and this is this is where the gospel reigns. This is this is all gospel. This is Christ died for you. Christ took away all of your sins. Christ restores your relationship with God, and Christ now gives you eternal life. Um, so this is the gospel is reigning in this in this axis. This is awesome. It's the butterflies and rainbows right. butterflies and sunshine and rainbows. Everything. This is this is you know this is the good news, um, and so. Um, we are we are restored our righteousness before god is restored um, because gr christ grants us he gives us his own righteousness but now that our righteousness before god is restored what about all other righteousness that we have to deal with um it might be good to define righteousness yeah um and kind of what where i'm taking this um so righteousness is basically just being in a right relationship. Um, so our relationship with God at the fall was broken. He restores us to a right relationship with him through the person and work of Jesus. Um, so that vertical line is fulfilled through Christ. It's done for us. It's passive righteousness. Gospel reigns. Love the gospel. Does everything for us. It's perfect. So now we get to that horizontal area um, of all the other different relationships that we have. And these are the different relationships with other people, other people with animals, with animals, with trees, creation, everything. So there's a lot of different things going on. Um, and so as, as human beings, God has made us to have dominion over the earth. And so because of that, then we are all in relation to everything and we all have certain responsibilities to carry out. Um, and so really, this is a very vocational realm. And explain vocation. A vocation uh, is just kind of like a like a job or, or a duty that, that you are called to do. Um, okay. So you're called to be a pastor. Yeah, pre-pastor. So that is one of my vocations. We have, vocations. we have, we all have many, many different vocations. So what's another of your vocations? So, um, I'm a husband. Okay. So 
that is vocation. I am a son. That's another vocation. I'm a father to be. Yeah. So it's kind of a vocation in the forming right now. <laughs> um, but these are. That's your dad jokes prepared already. I, I, I do. Oh, I've, I've, they're, they more happen in the moment. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I, can't I can't just say, hey, what's right a good now. dad joke? I, I'm in, I'm in. Two kinds of righteousness mode. Okay. <laughs> I can't think of, I can't think of a dad joke. But there are times where I'll just be sitting on the couch, Rachel's there, and I'll say a dad joke, and I'll think it's hilarious, and Rachel she just grounds. looks at me and like, "Are you kidding me?" Rachel is his wife, by the way, our wonderful DC at the moment. DCE at the moment. She is. She is very, very wonderful. Um, shout out to Rachel. So back to past. Yes, no. vocations. Um, relationships so we are all called to uh, have different vocations i'm a i'm a husband i'm a son i'm a father um i'm a student um and i'm a vicar um there's more than that but we don't have time to go through all the different vocations so these are all different things that we are, are called to um these are different responsibilities that we have in our lives and so flowing out from the righteousness that God grants us also flows out this ability to now be in a righteous relationship with all of these different vocations that we have um, to be in a righteous um, relationship with all of them. So when I'm a righteous husband, that benefits Rachel. I'm fulfilling my vocation as a husband. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm a righteous father, that is going to benefit my son. I'm doing that vocation to the best of my abilities. And, and, and likewise, when I'm a righteous son, you know, my parents should benefit from, should <laughs> benefit. Back in the day, you did your too. laundry, you uh, washed your car, <laughs> you did all the things you were supposed to put away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, basically it's just this, this whole other realm of, all right, now this is all of us that we need to do. Um, this isn't God doing it for us. This is an active realm, active righteousness. So I am doing. And the amazing thing about our God is that he gives us. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about? about free will? Free will. Thank you. Yeah. And that's, that's a whole other um, topic. Yeah. We're not quite going into that. We're not going to go. On, that's a whole other podcast oh, that maybe okay. we could do. Um, but yeah, so God, um, He's a, a, empowered us uh, to 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 carry out these different vocations um, to be righteous in these different vocations um, because really like when we think about it in, in our culture we're very you know we're all about me um, mm -hmm. all about what I can do for myself but our actions affect others. Um, and what I do, it matters to all kinds of people around me. Um, the decisions you make aren't just going to affect right. You. They're, they're not just going Rachel, to affect they're me. They're going to affect your son eventually. They're going to right. You know. And when we have that, you know, that's just that focus on ourselves rather than others around us. We're not living our vocations out righteously. Um, when I'm thinking about just myself, that's not going to benefit Rachel at all. Um, that's going to you know, it's going to hurt her. Um, same with parenting and, and, and everything else. And so um, this is all flowing out of from what God has done to us. 
um, through his son, Jesus, who, who now calls us to, to deny ourselves and to serve others, to be his disciples here on earth. Um, and I'll, I'll, do, I'll say one other thing about this active realm, this active righteousness that we have. Um, our guiding principle here in this, in this realm that, that leads us and, and kind of shows us what to do um, is the will of God, which is the law. Um, so this is a, the, the law kind of reigns in this realm. It's the, the guiding principle. And when we you know, try to do the law, when we try to fulfill the law, we are doing the will of God. Um, and so you've got the two different realms, the, the gospel realm, which is the passive, what God has done for us, and then the active, um, what, we are, what we are doing for others. Um, and you can't place or neglect one over the other. Um, if you neglect the gospel, the passive righteousness, then you're going to be heavily weighed down by the law. Um, it's going to come beating down on you like a hammer to a nail, and it is not going to be pleasant. Um, but if you neglect the, the, the active righteousness, the active realm, then you're going to be neglecting your vocational duties mm -hmm. to fulfill those. Um, and all of that is to say, um, as we go on and talk about our talents and our treasures. These are different ways that God, these are different vocations that God has given to us to fulfill, to be in, in a right relationship with um, his church and with others. So what are some ways that we can spend our time that would be pleasing to God? Well, um, especially in this two kinds of righteousness model is really just living out your life according i know this is very it's easier said than done yeah um living them out according to the will of god um and so basically what that is is you know being the best husband that you can be um being the best father you can be or or wife mm -hmm. um or mother um being the best student being the best child um Basically, whatever the vocations that God has called you to, um, when we fulfill those, how we should, we are benefiting others. Um, I'd like to think that we are also kind of showing others what a godly relationship looks like and, and in a way showing them Christ's love for us through those relationships too. Yeah, frequently, I know I've been asked, like, why are you so willing to help? Why are you so you know, happy to be doing what you're doing. And it's like, well, I, I know this isn't necessarily just for me. I'm mm -hmm. not doing what I'm doing to benefit just my, just my soul. It's literally because I've been given this wonderful gift by God. Mm -hmm. How can I show that to everybody else? Right. Yeah. And piggybacking off of what you just said, um, we don't have to do the, the, the big goal in life is to really that relationship with God to, is to restore that. But that was all done for us. So we don't have to worry about any attention paid to that. Any, I mean, it, it's just all done for us freely. And so really everything that we have to deal with now is exactly that. Serving e other people in this, in this world, having right relationships with them and, and, and caring for creation. Because um, now we don't have to de really devote any time, any effort to receiving grace from God. And from that, he then empowers us to live out in this world. 
Wow, we have a really cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you would like to uh, talk about about time? Um, I think we hit on everything. You did and a really good job. We kind of took a deep dive there. Yeah, but it was did. fun. It was. Um, and I think we we kind of put it on a level where it's not back to the futurey mathy all the way up here above our heads. I think you put it on a nice level where even even the youngest people might be able to understand it. Well, I hope so. Um, again, if you guys have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to Casey. She would be glad to answer all of them. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, if I don't know the answer, I know where to find people who have the answer. It's <laughs> uh, a good thing about working at a church. Yeah. And if I said anything wrong, I'm only a vicar. <laughs> yep, he has no credentials yet. <laughs> Although you can reach his uh, professors at some kind of email, I'm sure, at Concordia. <laughs> concordia.edu that's all i know <laughs> yeah so love that love that school um yeah it's just it's fun i love talking about this stuff um especially this two kinds of righteousness it, it deals with our ethics uh, what it means to be human mm-hmm. um and it's just good to hear about because it's different than anything else you're going to hear in this world um all other religions talk about how do you restore that relationship with God. And oftentimes, well, I won't say oftentimes, every other religion gives us things to do, things that we need to do better. So if you look at them, a lot of, a lot of the, the time in restoring that relationship is you know, devoted with that, restoring our relationship with God versus others. But Christianity is different. God has already done that for us. Now go live out in the world. There's something so comforting about knowing there's nothing we have to do. Yeah. Just live our lives to the fulfillment of God. Yes, exactly. And well, I thank you so much for being here with us today. And uh, I hope to thank see you. You next week. We're going to have Brendan, Pastor Brendan on. He's our associate pastor here. And he's going to talk all about um the talents actually it's me and him so we're talking all about talents in the world and how we can use the talents that god's given us um to show god how much we love him so join us back here next week and uh we'll have that podcast episode up for you all right thank you you're welcome bye now